And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Social Media White Noise. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, Ted, but we've had complaints that the intro's too long. Bugger. And we're on air. We're in the um, sleepy dinosaur cafe in Kemp Town. You sound positive about it. We are definitely in the Sleepy Dinosaur Cafe in Kemp Town. No, no, no. I'm trying to slow down. Are you? Are you trying yeah. to slow? Okay, I'm fair trying enough. to slow down. This is episode still number sound excited. 91. Episode well, 91. We've got a f- packed show today. Social media wise. Are we going to get it all in, Nick? <laughs> That's what are he we going to go for an innuendo at that particular junction? <laughs> Why Nick didn't join app.net? Uh, is PayPal learning to be human? Sweden Pirate Bay Extraditions gets a twist. Robot Law and Hugo's live stream. We get to all of these. We will. A virtual heist at Bitcoin, that's scary. Fine, uh, let's smartphone do it. knockout zones. Teenager takes photo in space. 17 year old invents cell phone heart test. And who are you? Uh, Chinese iPhone clone, and they're ready to sue Apple. I'm Andy White, otherwise known as Dr. Porter, spelled D O C T O R P O D. I am Nick Butler, aka Loudmouth Man of loudmouthman.com. This is episode 91 of Social Media One. said that, we're repeating ourselves. And we've Nick, got around the story. houses. First story. In 25 seconds, Why first story very quickly. Yeah. Why didn't I join App.net? So I, I, App.net, which has been founded by Col- Dalton Caldwell, not Colton Dowdwell, um, of uh, previous iMeme and other um, sort of entrepreneurial startup fames. Now, the idea here was that there'd be a social media type network like Twitter. Unlike Twitter, there's going to be open APIs and there's not going to be a restriction on developers having a hard time accessing them. Okay. And unlike Twitter, you won't get advertised that. In fact, it's a real desire to encourage people not to go on and pitch at people or spam people. Um, one caveat. It's 50 quid to get in. Or well, $50 to get in. Mm-hmm. $50 to get in. Um, is that for me? Many, to restrict their numbers. $50 is, for many, $50 is not a lot of money. Until you discover that $50 might be, uh, you know, the difference between making it to the end of the month and not for mm. some people. Um, now, okay, I'll grant it. For me, that $50 is that's an investment to have a look at the environment. So I'd signed up. But when I'd signed up, this is the reason why I pulled out. When I signed up, I accidentally entered, no, I entered in my domain name and my email address incorrectly. And I put in loudmouth non. Loudmouth none. Nan. Nan. Right? Loudmouth Nan. Loudmouth Nan. And, and as a result, I had, now they had no email validation going on. So I was unaware of this because in going back to the site to try and register and say, mm. you know, am I getting an email and so forth, they couldn't link up who I was. Despite the fact they were linking Twitter API to register my name with the yeah. Twitter API, right. they hadn't actually got a profile page that would let me look and go, oh, there's a bit of inaccuracy, this is wrong. Um, in order to sign up, what they required you to do was send... They required to send you an email. So they apparently had sent an email to Loudmouth Nan. Yeah. Which would have bounced. Yes. But the thing is, they had sent login details, username and password, to an account. If somebody had been there, yeah. they would have received it. If there was a catch-all address. So I was lucky. The domain wasn't registered and there wasn't a catch-all because my login details would have gone to somebody else. Those login details also would have given them access to the Twitter API link mm. between that application and mine. So, obviously I hadn't been sent an invite and, and I sort of got in touch with them and said, look, I've put down the $50 to join. Mm. I'm kind of surprised given the amount of people who are now joining up that I'm not in the list of people joined up because I usually seem to get grouped into that crowd. Mm-hmm. And they went, oh no, we sent you your invite weeks ago. You should have been in weeks ago. We, we thought you weren't interested in joining. And, and oh, here's your email address. I said, the email address is wrong. 
So set it to the correct address, and mm. they set it to the correct address, and they say, we're now sending you out your details. And I still didn't get them. Four days go past, I'm now not getting any details coming through. I'm thinking, this is really badly managed. And if it's really badly managed at domain authentication level of, the, of your start of your involvement with a product, my, my internal alarm bells start ringing that, well, maybe it's going to be a product that's really great from a isn't this cool point of view, mm. but my, my internal alarm bells for security were ringing like crazy. So did you ever get an email from So I email? never got an email from okay. them. I never had any right. contact with them. Uh, although they had created the Loudmouth Man account, yeah. and people were following it. Okay. So um, I had to write to them and say, can you just cancel the account, and could you also take my account off, because I haven't joined you, and people think I have. Um, mm. And that took about a week and a half for them to remove that as well. Now, my, you know, a lot of people say to me, oh, you're just being negative. Why don't you get in there and help them? So, well, there's two reasons why I'm not getting in there and helping them. First of all, the, the code base for their application isn't open. So there isn't source code available to their code base like there was uh, with Diaspora. And Diaspora now has apparently just, you know, decided it isn't succeeding. They're handing all the code back to the community and they're walking away. Right. So the code base isn't open. And secondly... I'm not being going to be paid to fix that problem, whereas Dalton Caldwell and the small group of developers working on it will be paid mm. to develop the application. Mm. So I actually would like to say, hang on, if, if you want me to pay money out up front, you know how they say, oh, you pay for what you get. Mm. Well, it turns out when you pay $50, you still have to get your time of getting hands dirty. Mm. So no, sorry. Um, the more I look at it, the more I realize that I'm not happy with the concept. There might be great conversations going on in there. Fine. But it's a clique. That's what it becomes. It's just a clique. It's, it's a clique of those who can afford to join a special club. And I don't like that. And that, I actually realise, from my ethical point of view, is not something I want to support. I don't want to support this idea that we're going to have a, 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 a domain-based club which is only accessible to people who can afford it. I think that's wrong. Um, there's nothing to stop them doing it, but I don't personally want to be involved. And that's why I chose not to join. Um, that and the fact that my alarm bells were ringing in terms of personal data usage. It's a very interesting point you made about um, open sourcing the code base. Not many online services can be doing that, surely. Identica do it. I know Identica. you know Nick, but surely. I know. Don't call me surely. Identica are doing it. Identica was set up around about the same time as after Twitter. Yeah, okay. They have a similar environment. They have open APIs. They have no cost to join. Open APIs, but the code base is open as well? The code base is open as well. Is it really? Well, yeah. okay. So you have two different environments. It's a bit like WordPress.org, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Because they, they have the closed half and you have the, the non-closed well, it, half. Well, it's, it's all half. open, really, because yeah. you know what the code base they're using, I guess. And they have their own hosting. And yeah. you pay for them to host it or you host yeah. it yourself. Yeah. And I'm left with this feeling that this is a very... What it's trying to do is it's trying to say, oh, well, if people pay to come in, then they'll be less spam. And this is a ridiculous notion. That's a, that is a, a, fallacious, a fallacious argument to start with, that... Um, people who run spamming or want to sell to you are more likely to pay for services to ensure that they can sell to you. That's why they have Google AdWords and that's why things like Google AdWords are very successful. You know, that's why services... So you could say, well, you know, if they set up the rules that say you can't spam to people, well, sure, but you could set that rule up on any level. Twitter could do that. So could Identica. Or here's an alternative thought. You just block people who sell at you. Because that's the thing, I, and I got invited to join Branch, 
and, uh, which is another little sort of exclusive social network, and it's free to join, but you have to be invited in by people. And I just discovered that, well, all the conversations I was having in Branch, I could have in Twitter anyway. Why is this any better? Um, mm. I, think it's a, I think it's a sake of either trying to find something that's better because it's the new coolness and it's, it's, it's the latest thing to be on, but desperately wanting it to be better because you think it should be better is not a healthy way to approach viewing a product in terms okay. of representing it. We better move on. So we better was... move on. I mean, after smashing up um, violins or telling people to smash up violins, PayPal is... Uh, they're trying to be more human. Tell us about this, Nick. Is this because they've got a new boss or something? Well, the... Um... David Marcus was PayPal's newly appointed president. There we go. Um, and he's the chap who came across from Yahoo. Um, he's he he's taking this unusual step of um, he's taking an unusual step of encouraging a more open sort of approach to handling complaints. Now he's he's gotten directly involved in Andy McMillan's Build Conference. Now I think it's interesting here. Build conference, which is I mean, remember when we spoke to um, Arel, Arel. I remember Arel, yeah, because yeah. uh, he was having a problem with PayPal for his conference. Yes. Andy McMillan is using PayPal for the Build conference, um, and he's attempting to have the minimum balance requirements removed from his account, um, and it's a huge trauma. And it's been a hassle. Now he's he, he wants to use PayPal, but he's experiencing the same sort of problems that Arel Barkin experienced. Which and are? Which, well, just generally there's very little human interaction. There's no account management. Mm. Um, it, it makes you realise that, that businesses dislike putting humans on the end of customer support because it doesn't scale. Mm. You know, if you've got thousands of customers, you need hundreds of customer support. And you don't want to do that. You want to automate processes so you automate the way they need for customer support. But it turns out bad press will scale faster than good customer support. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very scalable, bad press. <laughs> In fact, we should call that bad press is so scalable. Yeah, no, bad press can scale faster because than good customer support. Um, because I'm changing people, the title now. He's changing the title now. Because <laughs> you can have a situation where if you're automating the heck out of everything, you're also dealing with people who are very good at automating things, and they will automatically work out a way to automate their complaints more publicly. You, you, begin, you begin to get into this war of attrition between who can be more morally right. Whilst nobody's winning because the business isn't happening and the money isn't happening and the people who are wanting to come and buy are unable to buy. So David Marcus takes this approach. He contacts Andy directly. He gives him his mobile number. He, he starts making, uh, as he says, he wants to bring changes to PayPal. Mm. This, is good. This, is, this is only good news, which immediately spreads faster than bad news. It's good news, which lets We're looking people at Nick. know that. <laughs> Stop <laughs> getting distracted. Chat, keep chatting to you, Andy. You keep looking out the window at something. So it's, it's 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 encouraging that he's trying to bring in changes. He joined five months ago. Yeah. He wants to change the nature of how we appreciate PayPal. I mean, it can the only place it can go is up. So it has nowhere else to go other than improve. Yeah. Uh, that may not be a good thing, but I'm happy about it. See. Well, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. See what we'll do next, Nick. There's a perfect segue. Uh, should we talk about our sponsors? Then we'll talk about one of my picks mm. today. Let's we'll talk, talk about, about one of your King picks. of Shaves. Talk about King of Shaves. King of Shaves. King of Shaves blades, the Azure blades with Bendology. 
King of Shades gels and King of Shades shaving oils uh, as a product that I have been using. Wait, this, this, this last month marks a milestone. My Gillette razor that has been sat waiting for me to return for the last year yeah. has been put in the bin. I'm, I'm not going back now. I mean, you didn't recycle it. Um, no. Well, I might get recycled by the recycling process that the bin goes off to because that's what the council do. Yeah. Now, I've been using King of Shades gel for years and I've always loved it and I use that in a brush and that's you know and, and I use a shaving brush and foam up and everything else and I get a good shave that way um, and I'd not really moved to the King of Saves Azure blades mm. and Azure razors uh, just for another reason you always get into comfort zones on things but when I was handed one of these things by uh, Will King uh, who put it in the bags for um, the uh, Monkey Gras last year obviously I had a chance to pick up a couple mm. used them haven't gone back since so can you shave sponsor the show? Do they um, do the five blades? It's sort of four blades. They do a four blade well. and they do a, a four to five. Blade. And they yeah. do blades for ladies yeah. and gents. Yeah. And they have a, um, a range of oils and a range of gels for shaving with oils. Shaving oils are quite amazing because... I've used the gels like for very, years, very, but very, very I small. the oil. The, the oil is just, comes in this tiniest little... I mean, if you're travelling, yeah. it's perfect. Because yeah. the oil is so tiny, mm. instead of carrying a big canister of foam, mm. you carry a small amount of oil, and you use it just, just like you would foam, yeah. and, you, and it just works the same way. Does it lather um, up? And it doesn't lather up in the same way. But it's just it's, slidey. It's, but yeah. the lather is there. It's a psychology thing. You think you need the lather. You yeah. don't, but yeah, psychologically you, don't, yeah. you want it. It's like washing up. So it's, it's, you know, it's doing its job anyway, but... Um, so King thank you, Shades. King thank of you Shades. Thank you sponsoring yeah. the show, paying for the coffee. We're in uh, Sleepy Dinosaur, which we didn't really get a chance to talk about. Um, we could tell you the whole... We might even get the proprietor on later, if we can squeeze him into this action-packed show. Um, but he, he's an ex-spitting image guy. And he's got animatronics in the window of a dinosaur sleeping... There is a sleeping dinosaur, dinosaur. named Doris. He was so realistic, he's had customers come in complaining, why are you keeping a live lizard in a perspective box? But anyway, box. let's talk about... Um, but we'll talk about the fact that coffee is fantastic. The coffee is fake. Well, I've been drinking in from the Sumatra, tea, actually. and you're yeah. drinking the old great tea. tea. It's been yeah. brought in from Scotland. And I would say, if you, get a chance, if you get a chance, visit Scotland. No, if you get a chance, get down here, because we're over in Kemptown. It's opposite the post office in Kemptown. I can't remember the name of the street. I might be St George's, I'm not quite this sure. Isn't, this isn't necessarily the walk you'll get to if you're in the centre of Brighton. No, it's but a little bit further out, but it's worth it. I think you should get here. And of course, coming to here, you'll have to walk past the magic shop. Um, which with a freaky with head glued freaky to the wall. Head glued to the wall. Yeah, which, which is freaky. Anyway, uh, the, this is quite scary. Smartphone knockout zones. I, I saw this uh, and I thought we had to talk about it. So you mean, you it, mean O2 network? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, come on, open it. So Apple have just won this patent, haven't they, for for this technology that in can disable a smartphone? Did you want to use the word incapacitate? But you didn't if you want to, we can use that. If you want to incapacitate a smartphone, uh, to Making the point where it can't make calls. of being passable. And so, if you're on a sensitive area or something, or uh, the police are beating someone up, <laughs> you can activate this device, and it will just make the smartphone say, "I'm not being a smartphone anymore." Okay. I'm just being a bit of metal in your pocket. Well, it's not stopped being really a smartphone. It just stops being a phone. <laughs> it stops being a phone. It stops being connected. And. Okay, the, the fact is that governments have been able to implement that technology since we've had phones in the houses and, and they can take out mobile cell towers by just disconnecting the power so if you wanted to disconnect phone systems this is about targeting phones individually so this is about leaving a phone network up yeah. but not allowing phones to access going them going in at another level 
and it changes the layer and it's something that I, 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 as I as I mentioned on this show, I think we should be taking what we're talking about to the sort of level of talking about the politics of technology. Mm. We, we worry about how governments can make use of access to technology. The fact that corporations are implementing... This is nothing new. There used to be a thing called a V-chip, which is, a, is like an encryption chip that was put into technology for which the FBI arranged to have a backdoor. We've got a backdoor. Okay, yeah, backdoor. Right. So we're now looking at corporations constantly looking to implement technology that might have some valid marketing stroke retail sense, but also has a, a rather darker side to it, which allows governments and I actually I disagree with governments because I, I noticed that corporations now seem to be acting just like governments they seem to be deciding that the, the, the laws that they require enacted to protect their profits should be enforced by governments yeah. uh, which we'll come to in the next story um, but in this particular instance it's a uh, media companies media companies would have the potential to say well imagine imagine the, the next Olympics is not spo- is sponsored by Samsung. Yeah. And they decide that no smartphone that's an Apple iPhone will work in their environment. Mm. Can you imagine that? I mean, it's, that's the sort of stupid technology implementation. But it's like the Olympics. They, they could have used it at the Olympics, couldn't they? Because they were going on about they didn't want people big telephoto lenses going into the stadium. I just said that. Is you doing this deja vu thing? Are you just not listening? I'm just not listening to it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I won't edit that out because I want the world to know what a fool I am. It's that blonde that was walking past at the time, isn't it? I don't know what it was. Yes. Something distracted me in my left, my right field of vision. Yes, it's just like the Olympics are trying to maintain control over communications. Yes. Imagine the Olympics being sponsored by Nokia, and as a result, only Nokia smartphones will be allowed to operate. <laughs> For both of our listeners, that phrase where Nick talked about the Olympics, you didn't hear that. Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. You didn't hear that bit, but you did hear Andy talk about it. <laughs> now, Beautiful um, moments. Hey, Which is Sweden. Talk about Sweden. Sweden segue. Talk about Sweden. Pirate Bay. Talk about governments. Look, do you remember when you would watch? Do you remember DVDs? Because we're actually sat opposite a place that still sells DVDs. They still exist. DVDs. And and you, to watch a DVD, the first thing you'd have to do is be lectured about not pirating. Oh a uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you can't skip it. You, know, you wouldn't. You wouldn't steal a car, would you? You wouldn't steal a handbag, would you? And apparently, supporting pirated stuff is supporting corrupt governments. Okay. Yeah. Now yeah. we know we that, that we, we know that one of the one of the partners, the Pirate Bay, has been um, has been ensconced in Cambodia for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it turns out that um, Sweden may have paid a large sum of money to Cambodian government um, to encourage the extradition of um, Gottfried Schwarzhorn. Um, and there is a twist to the story, which is they're now saying it's got nothing to do with the with copyright extradition notices. I, I was I just I find it amazing that every time we have a high profile copyright or rights management chap in, in, in the spotlight and, and there's there's talk about getting them out of a country, the countries will inevitably there'll be this like gap between 
the core issue they want him there to talk about copyright issues or mm. freedom of access to information issues and then it'll be like oh well actually no um, we want him because in this case he's he stole tax information from a country it's like really you didn't know this before you had the problem you, you, this is apparently something new that we now discovered that well it, it's, it just blows I mean okay I'm, I'm not going to belittle the Julian Sandra rape allegations I'm not going to do that at all. Okay. But I still sit there with my sceptical hat on. The oh, how convenient hat. Yeah. But my scepticism hat that says, that says, let's talk about the real issue or don't talk about the real issue. We're either after this or arresting this guy. And if we are arresting a chap for stealing tax information, there's, there's talks of billions of dollars worth of money being handed over. I mean, we also see that um, Kim.com, who ran Mega Upload, who had a property in New Zealand, and yet um, it was an American company, an American group, who paid to have New Zealand law enforcement send in, basically, armed police officers and helicopters and armoured vehicles to go and get a guy who was hosting a party. Are we in sort of mad, mad world where the corporations are so desperately enticed to hold on to their profits that they are beginning to say we should possibly be writing the laws that are governing how people are interacting in the... Oh, yes, we are. It's called PIPA. It's called SOPA. It's called all the similar acts that keep trying to get past. And we keep seeing it. Why are we not angry yet? This is ridiculous. The trouble is with an episode where you're trying to fit so many things in, you just don't have time to properly rant and get angry. Well, I don't. But you sort of found Nick, you seem to manage to do it. Fantastic. I salute you. I absolutely salute you. Are you not angry about this, Andy? No, I am very angry about this. I mean, but I'm also fascinated by this teenager that took a photo in space. <laughs> Go on, talk about teenagers making photos in space. This is a wonderful example of you don't need an expensive rocket to get into space. So he basically got himself a nice DSLL camera. With a, he made a little bit of electronics and stuff on it, and he put it in a and he put it in a bo- in, a, in an insulated box, and he attached it to a weather balloon, and he's got these amazing pictures. But they're, they're a bit boring because it's just like clouds, but they're still amazing because they're from the edge of space. And he did it for like bollocks. Do, do you not think this is actually beginning to happen more and more frequently because technology? Yeah, it's not, is the, making, it's not the first. It's, bit. Oh, it's not the first bit. That's that, and that's not the. I mean, it's great that it's done, and and I. I love the idea that there are kids who are who are taking a concept of let's do this and trying it uh, rather than being told it can be possible and then just thinking fine okay but I'll get my downloaded content and my latest Pokemon card and I'll go off and do something else. It's it made yeah. the I mean we're we're in bright. But you're, you're into this because you do things with your kids, don't you? You do phys- physical. You to make to be clear, I encourage my kids things. to build things and do things. I don't actually yeah. use my kids in weird experiments for science. <laughs> like make putting them up in a balloon. <laughs> <Yeah. thing. laughs> Although putting them in a balloon and sending them high into the air might be a good idea. In a chair. In a chair. Give her a gun so she can shoot the balloons to get back down again. But yeah, it's. I mean, I, 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 I realise that you don't see kids building go karts anymore. You don't see kids flying planes. If any of our listeners have got a picture of a kid building a go kart, I just think we should. Why are we not building go karts anymore? It's it's bad enough that the front of our streets have become a place that we only consider cars should live. Yeah. That seems. We're all living in our backyards and we're all taking them to soft play and these kids never share the experience of building go-karts or or you know breaking up planes and, and, and constructing planes or or building pop rockets and water rockets. Yeah. They don't do any of that. No. 
Brighton make us fair. Nah. We, I, we didn't get a chance to no, go to it. We should get down to it. Oh, I saw the rep rap machines. I bought a rep rap machine. Anyway, I told you you'd want a rep rap let's machine. Let's move on. Let's move Copyright on. Copyright uh, enforcement blocked, or do you want to do. Uh, Robot Law and NT Hugo livestream. What's this one about? Yes, very quickly. Robot Law. You've got five seconds it's, for this it's, one. It's, you know, the, the, there are three laws. Asimov has three laws of robotics. You know, do yeah. no harm, allow no harm to come to you, all through inaction and so forth. Yeah. And as a result, uh, there are these sort of three laws. And I think Asimov should have been more aware of the fact that one of the laws that robotics would break is the law of copyright. Because whilst the Hugos were live streaming content, they were including content in the live stream that the automated systems went, ooh, looks like this is a new stream. They were broadcasting. To, so publishing houses, the owners of the copyrighted material were broadcasting their own copyrighted material and the robots shut them down and switched off the live feed. This actually also happened the at the robots. Democratic National Convention, right, DNC. Okay. So these... These automated systems, these robots had come along, had, and because there's no human intervention, because humans never scale, mm. but bad press always will. Yeah. I'm stick to bad that press one. scales faster bad than Bad press customer always support. scales faster than customer support. In this instance, the copyright enforcement bots took down the Hugo Awards and you know, shot off the live stream. We like to laugh. People, I'm, I'm I, not I, laughing. I, I'm, sli- I, I'm smiling. But you see, the, the thing is, is the, the interesting thing about the science fiction or the genre community is the genre publications are the fastest to move to DRM-free content and to encourage this concept of not controlling what consumers then get a hold, hold of. But they also seem to be the ones who fall foul of the copyright issues the fastest. Um, uh, I don't know. I thought it was, it was extremely humorous. I mean, there's a certain amount of... Um, uh, just oh, There's a French word that I just cannot think of at the moment for it, but there is a certain amount allure. of that. Pro- probably allure. Yeah, bon. Possibly. Bon. You know. Maybe. At, I don't um, know. At, um, Heartening story about this 17-year-old that invented a cell phone heart test device system. Was the I pun intentional? Chinese. Did I accidentally do a pun? I do apologise. No pun intended. Um, yeah, she's, she's basically... This is another example of you don't need the, um, bypassing like huge medical budgets. and It's just pure innovation. So she's basically taken a little bit of electronics, special electrode. Uh, she's failed and succeeded and eventually got it right. And she's now got it to a point where so anyone with a with a with a phone connection, electrocardiogram. yeah, and they can that send it to a doctor. How cool is that? So she's she's developed technology uh, or a concept to make use of mobile phones in the same way. I think um, somebody else developed a smartphone, uh, a mobile phone test to detect Parkinson's. Yes, I think I heard about that one. Um, but this is this is I, th- I feel this comes out of. Uh, as we extend the sort of knowledge base of what people can gain access to, that, that you know, we live in this amazing time. Yeah. And there is the access to information that we can provide people today should have people sat down and go. First of all, we're living like kings. You did a great, like Obama-like speech just before I pressed the cord <laughs> about your. We're you like were watching kings. your kids. Say we're, that again, we're, Nick. We're, we're, we're you were like watching kings. your kids. My, my children on the drive up to Manchester were able to play on their 3DSs. They had personal entertainment devices which ran computers which they could selectively choose multiple different video games to watch. When we arrived at the hotel, I switched on my personal my the my little MiFi, brought the internet into the room so that we could turn on the laptop and then I could go to YouTube and find, okay, it's not really supposed to be up there, Dragon Ball Z video that they could watch. And the kids would then sit in the hotel room watching Dragon Ball Z over the internet 
for them this is just like they expect it and yeah I'm sitting there thinking you are living in the most miraculous of times that the world's libraries and technologies are available to you at the press of a button that you can carry around in your pocket a device which has frankly more computational power than as we constantly say we sent the men to the moon with and people are not even amazed at the fact that they are living like kings and magicians and with all this we need change as well change just be amazed just for what's we're carrying on this conversation that you are now listening to in your earphones as you're making your journey or appreciating your day take a moment to realise that you are living like a king and a magician and this is a marvellous technology and you should at least be amazed by it because it is frankly amazing now, when I be first, stunned when I first heard about Bitcoin just as a really smooth segue when I first heard about Bitcoin, I was really excited about it. I thought, it's all using encryption. In my, in my naive way, I was thinking, it was all, it's all using encryption and no one can nick it because it's all encrypted well, and no, it's, it's better than the banks and bloody blah. So what's this about a bloody heist? That's, How that's can you have it. a Bitcoin heist? This is it. Crying this out loud. This is great. There is, because what's every coin is unique. Because every How coin is unique. It? And you just take the keys for the coins. But, they, but, but you, you tell people they know who nicked it because of the blocks and things. Eventually. Why eventually? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm it's not living up to my a, expectation. No, it, it is. I tell you, it, it, there's, there's three good reasons why, and I'll only use two, and then I'll use one. But I'll say these three. But first of all, it's the focus of a criminal action, so it, it gains valid, validity at that point because if somebody is caring enough to think they're going to steal something, then something has been attributed value socially. So it proves it has value. But we knew that okay. anyway because it, 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 it creates ten dollars now. It, it creates an outrage at the loss of a perceived value. Mm. So Bitcoin has already got a social uh, acceptance because there is a there is a social recognition that a law has been broken, and it is still despite the fact these heists are going on. All it will do is it will improve the quality of security of Bitcoin because it's an open system and it's an open environment, people will be able to learn faster from the mistakes mm. than maybe a system that's so cl- that's closed. If it was a system controlled by a government, and this had happened, and, and the Bank of England had had a series of banks compromised so that notes going out from that bank were counterfeited, yeah. how would you gain public support or confidence for your cash as a government? Because the cash isn't open source. How would you do that? So this is the thing. Is it, gives, it gives them the great power to show that they have better responsibility. And it creates the opportunity for people to think, maybe I shouldn't put my money in there. Maybe it needs to be distributed out. You know, wealth will be distributed, just not very evenly. So just moving on, what I want to do is I want to briefly talk about this Chinese iPhone 5 clone. Go. And then I want to talk about rep, rep printers and, and Maker's Fair, just very quickly, then we'll wrap, we'll wrap, we'll wrap it. Then we'll, then wrap we'll, only, we'll only overrun by about five minutes then. So the Chinese in China, they're printing out Which an iPhone Which is generally a good place to be Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> so they've got this iPhone 5 clone, right, and they're, they're just about to, roll, they're ready to roll it out, and they're already ramping up to sue Apple when they bring their iPhone 5 iPhone. Goofone, what a name. What a superb name. Goofone. Okay, but is it a... Does it have Apple's iOS? I, I always get annoyed. Customers will be confused. How? It's not Apple iOS. 
no, 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 no. It's it's an Android phone. First of all, it's an Android phone. Let's get that. Let's get that sorted out. There is there is a link on the thingy, and there's a picture of this phone. And I think really the the dimensions of it are about spot on. I think it actually looks a bit cooler than the Apple because instead of an Apple, it's got a B. It's a rather cool B logo. But it's very much the same size and shape. It looks like the Android robot that has a B. It does a bit, doesn't it? In fact, it is the Android robot as a B. Yeah, because it's actually the Android mobile logo. They've just logo. a pair of B wings on it and a sting on the tail. Pretty sure that's the Android mobile yeah, you're, logo. I think you're right. I think it's one of those species of, of types of logos. There we go. Anyway. They're and they're getting ready to sew up. So, 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 really and good. apparently this is an increasing thing. In, sorry, what was that? There's cooking bacon here and it smells it really good. It does smell good. really good, doesn't it? It's a great cafe, so, mate. So they're... Um, they're getting ready to ramp this out and they're getting also ramped up to sue Apple when they bring their iPhone 5 out we're both pulling a funny face and kind of like holding our hands up and going eh? well you're holding your hands up you've been just inflating all the way through I the am. show I've been really impressed by it <laughs> so finally what's what, I what's went to Maker's Fair Does, can a country sue a company? Or Com- be, companies or are it, countries or, or that's com- another good name for the podcast are indivi- com- companies are individuals so, yeah. oh, they're like bloody countries, some of them, aren't they? Yeah, it just, uh, it'd be unfortunate if the country's patent system were designed to allow this type of behaviour. And then we look at America. Go figure! So, I went to Brighton Makers Fair. You got there. You I, were lucky. I went I'm, there. I'm gutted, you can make it. But we were a And I made a beeline, talking of Android bees. I made an Android yeah. beeline for the, the RepRaps. Rep oh my lord. 3D oh. printers. 3D oh printers are the next copyright God. And parts of these rep, you know this already. Parts of these rep wrap printers are made by other rep wrap printers. They print themselves, but not all the bits, because some bits are like metal rods. But the plasticky bits are made by other rep wrap printers. Just for those of you that don't know, we're talking about three D printers here. Printers that can print three dimensional objects. Uh, uh, not only we talk about three D printers, but we correctly guessed that three D printers would be the source of copyright issues. No, Nick, you correctly guessed. And, Nick, and yeah, I'm not worthy. I'm now bowing to Nick. I'm we, not worthy. We made this. We 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 published this as a podcast a couple of years back, and we said 3D printers will lead to copyright concerns. Nick Butler, the man you wish you knew two years now, ago. I want to say that the areas of concern. I my my belief in the UK is that Games Workshop will probably be the first company to push towards a copyright issue when Space Marine 25 millimeter plastic figures start turning up as. Fizzables, printable objects. Fizzables. It's called fizzables. Oh right. It's PH. P H Y S I B L E S. So you have, if you have a if you have a rep wrap, if you have a 3D printer, yeah. you download one of these fizzables. Yeah. Now you've got a 3D object you can print. Yeah. So let's say we we make a space marine, which is a, a one forty k yeah. character. Yeah. So you can create a space marine, and you can create it so that you can take it to your printer and you can print the parts yeah. for your own twenty five millimeter action figure. And you make this twenty five millimeter action figure. And it's a Games Workshop action figure, but it's a Space Marine. But it's not from Games Workshop. So now they've got a thing that, that their product is available to people who could just print it as they need it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's going to cost them more than the cost of a single figure would because the scale of the economy of printing out that figure... Yeah, well, would, I don't know if it would, Nick. I don't know if it would. Well, a, a the, the single 25 mil figure is going to be costing you... Well, maybe in the um, electricity you know, wear down yeah. of the machine, so etc. Uh, maybe. Um, seen, and yeah. I, I, my, my prediction is it'll be Games Workshop will be the first company into the 3D printing copyright issue. You can... Are you going to get rep wrap? You can start off with I 400, get, 400 listen, quid. I'm not going to get rep wrap. No, You're going to get one? Yes, of course I want to get one. one. But, you know, I've got we can both have one, Nick. We could be the rep wrap brothers. Yeah, but what would we print? What would we do? Well, I've got one thing I'll print already. A bracket to put my thingy on my thingy. The thingy on my thingy. Yeah, my thingy on my thingy. I think this is... 
Michael, why not have the situation that you have, you set up a 3D printer shop like like remember when quick print used to exist so you go to yeah, photocopy yeah, yeah. a shop yeah, yeah, yeah. or you go to a fax shop yeah. so you go to a shop which can print you 3D parts so you need a part for your washing machine you need a part for your car you could do that but it, it would be a cottage industry because it takes you ages would, to print anything you would then put that in so yeah but this will only get faster I mean printers were notoriously slow 20 years ago I mean a4, A4 laser jet printers 20 years ago were the best part of yeah. four pages per minute. Four page per yeah, minute. Yeah, so they're going to get faster, probably, aren't they? Nowadays, your laser jet printer can churn out four pages, or well, page a second. You know, it can print them out quite quick. So the printer speeds will increase. This will only improve because this thing is self you know, is, is self evolving. I'm going to get a RepRap printer. And I'm going to scan various asteroids in and make sex toys based on asteroids. I just have nothing to say to that. With that, we should probably close. Thank you. I've been Andy White, Aka Dr. Pod. And I'm still being Nick Butler, aka Lamath Man, Lamathman.com. Please, if you have enjoyed this show, visit socialmediawhitenoise.com, find the donate button, click on that donate, and send us through the pennies for the cakes and the coffees and the conversations. And if you haven't enjoyed this show, just unsubscribe and stop listening and stop sending emails. <coughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Social Media White Noise, brought to you by Andy White, Aka Dr. Pod and Nick Butler, Aka Loudmouth Man. Please visit www.socialmediawhitenoise.com where you can leave comments, listen to the show straight from the webpage, and subscribe for free. Email us at ulot at socialmediawhitenoise.com. Follow us on Twitter, Dr. Pod and Loudmouth Man. We'd like to thank the coffee shops of Sussex, social media and technology, without whom this show would not be possible. See you soon. Peace.